This week, thank goodness I did a call out for interviews. Otherwise, I would have never met Ed Olson. His ghostly experience as a child, it's the stuff of horror movies. Prepare yourself. I did a little bit of research on his book before I had him on. And just say, I, I, was, I was so happy to get a response when I did a call out for interviews. And to have it start with this, I was absolutely amazed because it, it's changed my mind about certain things. There's one specific thing that I'm going to talk about after the interview. But I'll give a little breakdown at the beginning, uh, tell you a little bit about him, and then we'll get right into it. So his book, Edward D. Olson, it's called Under Attack, Surviving in a Haunted House. It is available on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon.ca for us Canadians, Amazon.com and all of them. And I'll, I'll, I'll read the synopsis for you very quickly, just as an intro to what you're about to hear. My recently widowed mother of four was financially trapped in a dangerously haunted house. And as you'll hear, this was located in Salt Lake City, Utah. When dad died, she used the last of her money to purchase a home, not knowing it had been cursed by the former residents. Mom should have known something was wrong. She was a psychic but distracted by the death of my father and being suddenly thrown into single motherhood, she just didn't notice what was in the house until we already had moved in. By then, it was too late to do anything but hunker down and survive. This was my first-hand account of living and surviving in that place when I was a young boy. We did battle with demons in that house, both physically and mentally. Mother instructed us and stood guard many a night not letting them pass, to get to us, her sleeping children. But there were a few times they did get past her, and those are the nightmares I still have today, more than 50 years later. Now just reading that synopsis, you'll be um, thinking first off is that it's very over the top. And if I hadn't actually met and talked personally with, with Ed, seen his face as he answered the, the, the questions and told his stories, uh, see how he reacted emotionally to certain things, I probably wouldn't have believed it as well. But this guy, he made me a believer. I mean, he's just a very normal fella, very down to earth, you know, not the kind of person you'd expect to meet when you hear the stories that he's telling. Because a certain thing, as some people, they tell these over-the-top stories, usually their personalities as well, are very over the top, but not this guy. And the way he reacted to everything, it, it truly made me a believer. I didn't get a feeling at all that he was exaggerating or lying at any point. And that's something because I usually have a strong BS detector from all the years of being in the paranormal world. I've heard everything. And usually it's just like my little BS bells will go off and I'll know that there's something wrong with it. And I did not get that. And even though you're only getting the audio, understand that we did the interview through Zoom. So I could see him. I could see his face. I could see his reactions, the way he moved his body language. I could see it all. So a lot of the stuff he talked to do fall into these common experiences that I've heard over the years. And some of the stuff is more subtle, which is something that I, I personally believe in. But then something 
happened when he was telling certain stories, namely the story about his uncle, which you'll hear, no spoilers, that in the moment seemed very over the top. And then the more I think back on it, it's like, like this, this is what happened to him. This was a true experience. And it's just very coincidental that the him living in the house coincided with him ha- what happened to him afterwards. So I'm I'm gonna dive into it because it was something that I had to do some some uh, thought on some meditating on was a very over the top idea about whether ghosts can cause death and I I you know doing some extra thought and then taking into consideration what happened to the uncle I've changed my mind about it and there was there were certain things uh, certain conclusions that I've come to that have changed the way I even look at it, which is something to say. The only old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I was just taught a new trick. So <laughs> I'm very excited about that. So I'm going to say, thank you. Ed, if you're listening, thank you so much for that. I always like to update my knowledge when it comes to the paranormal world, and you've helped me do that. So again, uh, without further ado, let's get into the interview. Uh, once again, his book, it's Ed Edward D. Olson. His book is Under Attack surviving in a haunted house and here we go all right i'd like to introduce my guest today i have uh, ed olson he is the author of the book under attack surviving in a haunted house and i was very happy that you reached out to me because i did a call out on the last podcast i said i'm, I'm going to start doing interviews i'm setting set myself 100 percent. i'm going to do it or else <laughs> and, uh, you know, I didn't expect anybody to actually answer me. <laughs> this was a shock. Uh, so, but then, yeah, I got an email from you and you, you just gave this amazing story and information that's, that's featured in your book. So I thought, yeah, I definitely got to, got to talk to you today. So thank you so much for coming in and oh, talking oh, with me. Ed. My pleasure. I, you know, I, uh, look forward to things like this. Uh, this is something that, you know, except for the book, you know, you, you kind of keep, keep it to yourself. Because people think you're crazy if you talk about it openly too much. So, oh my god, yeah, I was I was talking about that so much on previous episodes. My last one was just that, like uh, a group that I led that you know shamed me the whole time just because really? I believe it. Oh, it was terrible. Uh, so yeah, no, I was uh, when when you come forth and you come out and you tell these stories, I think there's a lot more believers than we think, but they just don't want to be outed, quote unquote. Uh-huh. I think so, too. Just a quick anecdotal thing. You know, I was in the Navy for 13, 14 years. You know, you move around a lot. And I, when I got to know somebody, you know, I'd talk to them. And eventually, if I got to know them well enough, you know, I'd tell them a little bit about this. Anyway, that experience uh, kind of showed me that I would think about 30%, 40% of people in general have had some kind of ghost uh, paranormal experience. They just don't talk about it. And if you get to know some people, they and they think you know that you're safe, you're not going to go make a fool out of them. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I think I think a lot. It's a lot of people. Things like this have happened to them. Oh, or for they've sure. Seen something, you know, or they felt something. Oh, I'll have people uh, I've mentioned before that they'll say that they're skeptic, but then tell the most amazing uh, ghost stories yeah. to me. But uh, just so I can understand, uh, whereabouts are you located? I'm located uh, in a little town called Morgan, Utah. And this story that I wrote is takes place in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, 
which is just, I don't know, about 50, 60 miles to the south of us here. And uh, it was when I was uh, not, yeah, I just turned nine years old or that summer when I was nine. I, my, my birthday was just a couple of days ago. So about this time of year, when I turned nine years old, yeah, that's when we moved into that place. And, so just uh, so uh, folks know, like you're you're 71 years old, uh, yes. which I was shocked. Uh, I know nobody's <laughs> seeing your face right now, but you do not look it at all. Uh, you. You're very lucky. And uh, it is what I always wanted to ask. So if you can just give uh, people a timeline. So you said that happened when you were, sorry, how old again? Yeah, I have when I turned uh, nine years old. Nine. And what year would that have been? That would have been 1961. 1961. So um, all right, so why don't we just dive right into it? So, when did you first realize that there was something going on in the place you were living? Well, what happened? The way it happened was, you know, we moved in. There's a little bit of a story behind it. My dad, we had to move because they were building Interstate 15. You know, we had a nice little farm, and we had to move. So he was doing a deal with this guy uh, that raised his family there. He was a good church guy, and he had family there. Anyway, the deal wasn't going through because he was stuck on a price. So we had to move somewhere else. And then in the meantime, while I was fixing up the house where we moved, my, my dad passed away of a heart attack. And so my mother went back to him uh, and said, hey, you know that deal you were working? And he basically said, well, I'll tell you what, uh, Mrs. Olson, uh, I will do the deal that your, your, dad, your husband wanted to do. I'll go for that price. However... There are some renters in the house now, and, you know, they're just giving them all kinds of problems, and they're weird, and they're all kinds of things. So those renters are your problem. And so she said, deal. And what happened, this is background, I think, to explain why the house was like it was. Anyway, so uh, what she did was, my mother was nobody to fool with. Uh, you know, she went through the war and the Nazis and all kinds of stuff. She was in the underground and so what yeah. she did was she went in there to talk to him and ask him, you know, if, hey, you guys would leave. I own the house now, you know, that sort of thing. And they kind of laughed at her. And uh, so, you know, she didn't look very threatening. So she she got the big guns out and, you know, got the lawyers and everything. And within a week, she had them bodily thrown out. And so uh, what happened was we think, uh, I believe that those people were spiritualists, if you know what that means. Yeah, and, and they they got real upset about that because obviously the law was coming to get them, and so they left a present for us in the house, and that's you know put it that way. They so you're thinking they, like um, like in in a spiritual sense they might have uh, quote unquote cursed the house. I think they lay, they opened a portal. I believe portal. Yeah. yeah, I think they did. You know, looking back on it, you know, I, I you know at the time we don't know what was going on. But the, but the interesting thing was that uh, this is in the house, too. My mother was what she'd call a, I don't know, a paranormal, a psychic or something like that. And she knew about these things, but it was kind of a family secret. And it was, you know, she we never knew anything about she had these capabilities that she had until we moved into the house and and I guess with my father dying, she didn't realize, you know, walking into the place because, you know, she's upset about things and stressed what was in there. She didn't sense it. And so we're but what happened was when we got in the house, we'd spend all our money and we were stuck. 
you know, okay. we, we and so we had to stay there. And you know what happened was things started happening in the house. Like just at first, it was like little noises and things. And and my mother would, I said, "What's that noise?" You know, things like that. And my mother would say, uh, "Oh, it's just the house settling." Until things got so bad that you know, and I can explain it later. But an incident happened, you know, and I said, "That ain't the house settling, Mom. What is it?" You know, and then she had to come clean and explain because it got dangerous. They uh, they did things to us, tried to do things to so us. So they attacked. She knew, like right from the start, that it wasn't just the house settling, but she was trying to protect you. I think when she started realizing that something was going on. You know, she was kind of, yeah, just trying to protect us and didn't want to scare us because, you know, what good would that do anyway? Right, you know? right. Now, just for um, like a chronological order here, uh, what was the incident that kind of set you? Well, the, the incident, yeah, I get right to it. There's a lot of things that happened. The incident that happened was, uh, uh, let's see, I think my sister, Emily, older sister, she was about 11, 12 years old. She, uh, uh, came running down the stairs and and said uh, something about uh, you know mom what do you want what do you want what do you want and so she told my you know my mother's looking at her like what and she told her that she heard my mother yelling up the stairs Emily Emily come down come down I need you know something like that and she goes I didn't I didn't I didn't uh, call you but you know and anyway so. Uh, and that's the point where I got in and I said, well, who did then? And so she said, uh, she just wanted to shut that conversation down right away. Yeah. What happened was a little bit later, my, my, uh, uh, Emily came down again and, you know, the same thing, you know, what do you want? What do you want? She said, I didn't want, and then she wanted, my mother asked her to help her with the dishes and she started ranting and raving about, I mean, really out of character. I don't have to help you do anything. I don't have to do the dishes, you know, and on and on and on until my mother could recognize this is not her. So what she did was she hauled off and just slapped her across the mouth, almost enough to draw blood. And she came out of it and she just looked funny. And she said, I'm sorry, mama. And she apologized. For, and she said, okay, Emily, what, what's going on? What, why, why'd you do this? And she told her, that she heard voices in her head upstairs in the in the room that were telling her these things. Mm -hmm. And so that's when my mother had to come clean and, you know, because it was attacking the kids now. And yeah. so she, she told I'll, her. I'll tell you, there's like, uh, so people listening, they understand, like they might be thinking, oh, this is like horror movie kind of stuff. But no, it, it's actually, this is a legit thing. I even in, in my experience is like, um, if a spirit is going to reach out, especially a restless one and a, a mischievous yeah. or angry one, yeah. it can affect people's emotions. Some people might not hear voices. But it can definitely make them angry. It can definitely make them out of character. Yes. And like if you have a, a presence in your house that is is restless and angry, then you might even find yourself fighting with your loved ones because that's how it can affect you. So I, I totally believe what you said there. You know, and, and to just to, to to basically add to what you said, it works on all of us. See, Emily had this uh, thing about you know she's a young girl, and you know they don't you know they have a. Thing about you know, do people like me you know I, there's a word for it but insecurity anyway so uh 
I was uh, basically had this premonition or this urge that she'd sit down at the table and, you know, call her trash. Oh, you're just nothing but trash, you know, and it really bothered her. Of course, you know, that's why I did it. But she told me later on that in school and in these voices, they were calling her trash. You're nothing but trash. You're no good. And so there she was hearing this. And then I was saying it to her. See, and that's sort of a, I don't know what, what you'd call that, a cooperative. So you think that the, the 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 word came from something else, like it just kind of popped into yeah. your head? But you never you never oh, said that to her before moving into oh, I, the house? I, I did say it once just like that, and it bothered her, so I just kept at it. That's what I thought at the time. Right. I think it was an orchestrated effort, you know, and then, you know, and when my mother had to counsel us, you know, don't listen to the voices, don't listen to what they say. You know, you just, you know, basically told us. And and uh, it, well, anyway, I, I don't want to get too far into the story, but there were attempts on my mother's life. And there were attempts on, uh, I had an older brother who was 16 who thought, oh, this is all bull crap, you know. And, and uh, but something happened to him and that later on in this house that, uh, that even though he doesn't really... Uh, do too much with you know paranormal he thinks there's not much to it he won't deny that this happened and he told me this story on a uh camping trip we were on you know he's passed away now but you know we were just uh you know out camping he said here's what really happened and I i'll just tell you this really quick story you know we had a we me and my brother pete slept in the same room <laughs> and uh, he i saw him get up out of bed one time you know he sat up and just sat up you know in the shadows you could see it and I was looking at him, well, what's he doing? I thought, is he sleepwalking? But he doesn't sleepwalk. So I thought, so then what he did was, I, he was looking at the door and I could, and he said something like, is that you, mom? Is that you? And anyway, so what he did was he kept going and he walked out the door, you know, opened the door and he went out in the hallway. In the hallway, there was stairs, steep stairs. And he's just kind of going slow. And the next thing I heard was he tumbled down the stairs. And he said that, and then my mom came out of her room and says, what's the matter? What's the matter? You know, and Pete was going, oh, I just tripped down the stairs. I'm just going to the bathroom. And it's okay, mom. Just, just, you know, cool your heels. It's fine. Anyway, he told me what happened uh, in a camping trip. He said, this is what really happened. And he said he heard talking in the hallway. And it was like there was a conversation going on. And, and he couldn't hear what they were saying. And that's why he gets up and he goes, is that you, mom? You know? So he walks over to the door, and as he gets closer, you know, the conversation moves a little further. And he's just curious, like, what's going on? And he said what happened was he's standing there right in the stairway where it opens up, you know, goes down the stairs. And he's reaching up to, uh, you know, turn the light on. The light switch was on his uh, left, I guess. And as he was just there, he says he's standing there at the top of the stairs, and something grabbed him by the... Uh, on his shoulders and pushed him down the stairs really hard. And, uh, and he oh, said, that's, no. what, that's what really happened. I'll tell you, like uh, you hear that story so many times. I, we, we, I tell it on two separate tours that I do in yeah. the same idea that if something is like a, a almost poltergeist level, it can, it can affect it. It will try and push people down the stairs because that's the most dangerous place yeah that it can cause problems so after this occurred i know you said your brother was a skeptic uh did he start to believe after that or was he denying it well i think he just refused to believe it or something i don't know He's, but you know what happened to him though is it got him in a different way he started getting sick you know and my brother you know when we were growing up on the farm he didn't have allergies or anything like that 
but he started getting sick, meaning it was, you'd always have a cold or something and he flew and, 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 uh, and he told me this later on, you know, that, you know, I know he went to the doctor a lot and, you know, he was giving him try this and try that and try the other. And he said, when we were camping at the same trip, he said, nothing seemed to work. And he said, so the, the doctor finally, you know, this was a period of over about a year. And the doctor said, why don't you try this? And he said, he got the feeling that nothing's working and I'm getting sicker and sicker all the time. Keep in mind, he's 17. I said, he thought I could die because I'm getting sicker all the time. And what happened was when we moved out of that house, uh, uh, it all went away and never came back. He felt wow. you know, health, his health immediately improved and nothing ever came back. And he was getting kind of sickly. So that's very, it, very extreme. Yes. And that's the kind of thing, you know, I, I, they can't do that thing to you. And and another thing that happened in that house, <clears throat> I don't know, I just don't want to ramble on here, but. Well, no, I have some questions for you, but uh, oh, first tell that, no, no, first tell that experience, just to kind of cap that off, and then I want to move forward okay. well, with the... Uh... My grandfather came to stay with us, and he was 82 years old at the time, you know, and he lived kind of far away, so he's he was a widow and widower, and anyway, so, and he was uh, no uh, nobody's fool, and anyway, what happened was, you know, at the, when the, all the stuff was going on, when he came in, and it quieted down for a while, and then it what happened and my mother told me this later on that he said he started seeing uh, real live apparitions of my grandmother you know, and she was telling him here take those pills you know yeah it'll find you can come and join me you know and doing those kind of things and what he did was he knew what was happening because he he i don't know but he said he said to the apparition and it would come down the stairs by the way which is where i thought the portal was and he said to the apparition, well, I don't know, you know, you never treated me this good. You know, I'm the king around here. You know, Anna, which is my mother, she, well, she takes good care of me, feed me. You're just going to have to wait a while. So he mocked this thing. He mocked yeah. this. And it just kind of poof and went away. And then it started working on him. And immediately, you know, looking back, he got sick and, uh, and he had to be taken to the hospital and he died. It was about about six months later, but he did die. Was and, he living uh, in the house when all of that happened? Yes, he was living in the house with us. And I, I guess, <laughs> I don't know why it didn't bother him, but, well, I mean, he was tough. Let's put it that way. He's an old pioneer guy. You know, to but you don't that, think that his death was related to the spirit? Or like, oh, what, yes. what did he die of uh, medically? He died, he died of pneumonia in the hospital. Oh, that's that's weird. Yeah, but still, you know, he got sicker and sicker. I remember the last time I saw him in the house, he was, uh, we were having dinner and he was going to put some sugar in his coffee and took the spoon and he, and he started shaking the spoon and, and he couldn't control himself. And, you know, he looked at my mother and he looked at, and my mother was going to go and he, and he gave her a look that meant not in front of the kids. You know, in other words, he didn't want them, he didn't want us to see him sick like that. Right. So don't scare him. So we finished the dinner and then she took him to the hospital. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, pneumonia, you know, anyway, that, that seems natural, but, you know, but it's the weird one. It's the, it's the one that, you know, is not like, not like cancer where you get cancer and then yeah, the fight is yeah, like just yeah. to be taken like that and to start like his, his health before moving in was totally fine. 
Yeah, it was. It was pretty good for being 80. He was pretty good. Yeah. By the way, another thing, this is years after, you know, we were moved out of the house and there was a guy living there. And he, uh, you know, and I went to visit him because my mother wanted to get some paperwork. So I went to get some paperwork. And I noticed when I was talking to him, he had a, a very uh, stuffy nose, you know, like it had a runny nose. And, uh, and, you know, and at the time, I didn't think anything of it, but he had a runny nose. And I said, oh, it looks like you got a cold, you know. And he goes, yeah, it seems like lately I've always got something. I, you know, i got a cold. And anyway, so he was telling me how he's always been feeling sick. And he died about a month later, you know, and, and he's a younger guy in his forties, maybe. If he had like a cold symptoms, it almost seems like it could be pneumonia as well. Yeah, but he wasn't at the time when I saw him, it was just like, you know, a runny nose. That was it. You know, he was walking around. He didn't look sick. He just had a runny nose. And I said, Oh, you got a cold. And, and what he, he just said, Oh, I always get one thing or another or another. And so looking back, I thought, you know, that I bet you, the house worked on him because he in a month or so he was dead. Yeah, that's that's a absolutely terrifying thought mm-hmm. that the spirit can affect them um, their health in such an extreme way. So I, I guess the first question I'll have for you is uh, in relation to your your mother. Uh, so she kind of like sensed things was going. Did she ever fully open up about what she was sensing that existed inside that house? Only uh, only when we were older and. Uh, I guess she really didn't want to explain anything too much, but uh, there's something, you know, she, oh, that's a different, I don't want to go off on that tangent, but she explained that, yeah, there was a presence in the house and uh, it was out to get us and uh, it was, it was, uh, sorry about that. It was dangerous and uh, don't ever fool with these things. And she told me that me directly, you know, basically when I was talking to her, don't ever fool with these things. Because yeah. you, know, you think you think you smart, you're smart. These things are eons old. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna outsmart something like that? Okay, so it was her thought that this thing was ever human, or did she think it was more in the level of what we might call? I, I hesitate to use the word, but I, the only one I have, uh, say, a demon, for example, something that was I, never I think, on earth. I, I think you know. I don't think she would define it as a demon, but much closer to that than a former human yeah she didn't right. think this was some some dead ghost walking around the house it was it was something else it was conscious too right because it was interacting uh, with you guys and it, it could be insulted by you guys too and i'll tell you one story this i, I gotta this is what the most scary thing that ever happened to me in that house was you know the stairways i was telling you about uh i would hear at night you know uh footsteps coming up the stairs like somebody wearing heavy boots you know and it was like thump thump you know like one step at a time thump thump and it would last all i have you sitting there terrified scared you know i couldn't breathe because i thought he'd hear my breathing and stuff like that whatever it was and uh anyway uh i would fall asleep hearing that and then uh one night it stopped and i and i thought that's i've never heard it stop before and then what happened was our door opened it opened our door and it, it was black it was a it was i could hear it i knew it opened the door because you could hear it slide across the carpet you know and so i'm sitting there and i'm facing the door at the other end of the room in my bed there and and uh, there was something else behind it some like like something warning me get out of here get out of here 
And anyway, so what happens is, is this thing comes forward and, you know, and, and it's walking, you know, and, uh, and it's a big, tall man, you know, and it's, and, and it was, but the, really what stood out was I could hold my hand in front of my face and I couldn't see it. It was that dark in the room, but I could see this thing stand out from the darkness as if it was much, much darker than the darkness. So it's wow. plain, plain to see. And he's just coming forward and he stopped at my bed, you know, just looking outside. And then what he did was he, uh, he went and put his hands together like that. And then he, you know, spread them apart a little bit. And there was a light between them, like an amber light. And then he started bending down like he was going to have a look at me. You know, and, and, and Pete was over there. And I just, yeah, and I just started screaming at Pete, turn the light on, turn the light on, turn the light on. And he goes, what's that? And he turned the light on and, and uh, you know, and then it was gone. But wow. uh, but then a couple of nights later, you know, I I was sleeping and, Pete was over there and he's doing the same thing. Turn the light on, turn the light on. And so I did, you know, and I asked him, you know, later on, what and it was he saw the same thing. And then one time, you know, my cousin uh, was at a funeral in, I don't know, about 10 years ago, one of our uncles died. And uh, I, anyway, I mentioned he used to stay at our house. He was my age, you know, he caught, and I asked him if he ever saw anything, you know, and, and because, you know, he never mentioned anything. And, I asked him, have you ever saw anything in the house? And he said, oh, you mean the guy with the lantern? And so I went, whoa, get over here, you know, and tell me tell me about this. And he saw that thing, too. Wow. And uh, anyway, so, and my mother said that that what happened was she had a, a room at the top of the stairs. And the reason she took that room was, uh, I hope I can get through this, you know, but she took that room because she stood up there and she would stand there and make them go down, you know, and they'd come up. And she said, she said, yeah, I, I saw that and I saw other things and they would come up, you know, and, they'd, uh, you know, it's basically you have to get past me before you get to them kids. You ain't getting past me. That's that's amazing. Yeah, that's what she did. And I thought, you know, I thought and I never knew this until later on. And a couple of times, you know, they got in the room and tried to you know anyways but that's what she did and uh she was able to to fend them off and she said there was a couple of times where it almost didn't make it you know, wow and anyway well i appreciate like the the stories that you're telling and, and being able to get as personal as you can uh we're we're, we're running out of time on the uh the meeting here but I just I wanted to ask is just because I we got to know I, I'm going to talk for my audience as well. Got to know okay. is how did uh, things in that we have about seven minutes. How, how did things in the house end? So how did you guys get out? We finally got a, 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 a purchase another house in another part of town. And when my mom, my mom had a good friend who was a real estate agent who came over from Holland. They were good friends when they were kids. She arranged something and we were able to buy another house and get out of there. And that's how it happened. And, and, um, boy, just moving into a new, a different home, it was like, you know, I don't know. It's just the feeling like, oh, there's nothing here. It was kind of strange, you know, that it's like the air lifted, stuff. right? Instead of having the heavy yeah, like the feeling and the anxiety. Yeah. And so what that's how, that's how we got out of there. And, and you might mention it, you know, I, when I was in the Navy, you know, I came home one time, that same lady who was a real estate agent. She was driving me around looking for things. And we drove past that house. 
and there was a for sale sign on there. And she knew all about this because my mom must have told her. Because she, I, she saw me looking at it. And we drove by, and she just smiled, and she, in a heavy Dutch accent, she said, "Yeah, that house is always for sale." And then yeah. she winked at me and said, "You know." Yeah, and yeah. So- <laughs> well, I'll tell you when it comes to a place that's uh, truly haunted. People say, "Well, why are the spookiest haunted houses abandoned?" It's because people can't live in them, so they yeah. they'll, they'll sell it. The people go in, they'll leave. But sometimes it gets so bad that the minute you walk in, and if you're like, "I'm, I want to live here," but then it just doesn't feel right. So but you don't want to move in. And there's some people I think that that it doesn't bother them or they don't notice, but it slowly kills them. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's what they are. And now I'm saying there are some things too, because I had this gift that my mother had, and I woke it up and. Anyway, I, I turned it off because I got I got tired of getting woke up in the middle of the night by things. Gotcha. But there are things around that are just curious uh, and they don't mean any harm. And, you know, and there are a lot of people that are, I think, you know, your dead relatives that are just, you know, how you doing? Just checking you out, you know, and you might accidentally see them. So there's that kind of thing going on. But there's this, too. Yeah. And, uh, that's dangerous. Very dangerous. Very anyway. dangerous. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today and uh, doing the interview. Again, I'll uh, I'll plug it here is uh, Under Attack, Surviving in a Haunted House by yourself, Ed Olson. Uh, and I will uh, do a link on the social media page. So on the Ghostly History podcast, Instagram and Facebook. So I'll throw that up so that okay. people can get to it and uh, purchase your book and read the entire story of this absolutely amazing over-the-top experience that happened to you. I, I, I think I've discussed with you maybe 5% of what happened there, but anyway, yeah. I don't doubt it. I, I really wish we had more time to continue talking, but unfortunately we're limited by the Zoom session. So, <laughs> but uh, I, I really appreciate your time. Okay, and I appreciate your time. This, this, has been, this has been fun. So did the uncle story kind of resonate with you as much as it did with me? I'm going to tell you, I mean, it just, it got me thinking about things and I'm just like, I still think about it right now because I never really thought about that before. People would say to me, can ghosts cause death? And I would always say, no, I mean, it's not like the horror movies, you know, no sharp tools are going to fly off the wall and fly towards your head. This isn't what real ghosts do. It's more subtle. But then hearing that story and the idea behind it, I I got to thinking. I was like, I I didn't even put that into consideration, the idea that if somebody is living in an extremely haunted situation, extremely haunted house, where the energy there may not have been human, as we discussed, may have been something completely different and over the top, you know, definitely can affect your emotions and affecting your emotions can affect your physical being. So if somebody is of an advanced age, I believe the uncle was in his 80s, you know, and maybe had some sicknesses before that would be more susceptible to these attacks, then it then becomes possible. So I'm thinking that if the ghostly energy can affect the environment of the home you're living in and the place that you want to feel most relaxed and it's constantly stressing you out, and it's constantly changing your emotions, causing you to be angry and sad and not knowing why, then it might also give you that feeling that you're a feeling of hopelessness. So if you have a feeling of hopelessness, you don't push to live, 
then you go in the opposite direction. Now, I know you say like, we've all had loved ones who have gotten to a certain age and have gotten sick, and maybe unfortunately some of us have had to deal with with death of people close to us. And you see that the the, the mental state is a big part of that. Maybe not in all situations. You might be disagreeing with them, but I think in a lot of the situations, your mental state is. So that if you are determined or feel it's not your time yet, you might push yourself on, you know, live longer and and fight through sicknesses. But if an energy comes into your space, changes your emotions and gives you a feeling of hopelessness and sadness because of it, anger can also lead to that sadness and hopelessness, then maybe it just changes who you are and how you think. So the uncle dies of pneumonia, which is the type of disease that can can get sick with something else, like maybe germs came in and gave him a sickness and something else, like related to a cold or a flu, and then not the ability like to to stop fighting could have got made it get worse. Again, I'm just guessing here, but it's just it's the thought process that I go through and the idea that if you are more susceptible, where your emotions can affect your health, then I can see completely how a haunting, an extreme haunting like the one that Ed went through could lead to somebody dying. And I do understand now the urgency behind this experience that he had when he was younger and whatever was going on inside this house in Salt Lake City. So really just it just it changes my mind and when I I look at this book that he writ, wrote which I highly recommend you know it just there's there's more to it than just the stories themselves. And after meeting the guy that just changes my mind. If I met the guy, if I met Ed and he was like very over the top and he was like yeah, the ghosts threw a dish at my face or like you know something that's just absolutely you know too much then I would tend to not believe the rest of it but when you meet somebody as you heard in the interview just he's very level-headed he's very careful with his words you know he's an older fellow he just seems very down to earth it just all becomes even more believable so i'm going to post the links on the facebook page uh i'll actually i'll put the link to the book as well into the description of this podcast and i'll put the title so you can do the search on the title if you want to buy it from .com or .ca on Amazon, whatever works for you. It's Under Attack, Surviving in a Haunted House. And I'm so happy that Ed was technically only my second interview that I've ever done. And I've hoped very much that you guys enjoyed it, as there will be more to come. Anyway, that's the show, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>